Hey guys, welcome back to the Tokes Talks podcast, a podcast where we discuss topics surrounding business, relationships, and personal development. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. I hope you're finding things to do to enjoy the summer, even though it's not our regular summer. It's lots of places the lockdown has been lifted and also reduced, but let's still exercise wisdom, friends. <laughs> don't be in these streets if you don't need to be or doing the most because this disease is still real and I want you guys to all be safe, but also make some time to do some things that make you happy. Have a social distancing party with a few of your friends. Just don't lose sight of the fact that this is still summer, especially for people who live in places like myself where summer is a short-lived luxury let's take advantage of it because we're gonna regret not doing the little we can once that winter chill slaps us in the face (laughs) as it always does every year this week i learned that every relationship will end except for the one and i think it's that may sound extremely obvious because The only relationship that lasts forever is the one that lasts forever. But I think for me, realizing it in the way that I did this week kind of led me to understand the risk that's involved in almost every aspect of life. And the fact that when we do want something, we have to be willing to go through the trenches that it may take to get there because things are not often dropped on our laps. And This even goes for jobs and situations like that because you may want your ultimate job, but in order to get to it, you may have to go through a bunch of applications, applying for jobs, going through interviews and not getting called or going for interviews, getting the job and realizing what they told you you'd be doing is the exact opposite of what you're doing, hating it, quitting and trying again. But in all these situations, the one thing that they do have in common is that when you finally reach that end goal, when you get that job, when you meet that person who you're meant to be with, it kind of diminishes the weight of all the struggles and the traumas that you had to go through to get there. And I guess that's how we hold out hope. And that's what makes us willing to take risks because when we finally get what we've been working towards, what we've been praying for, what we've wanted, it's always worth it in the end. (laughs) So that's what I learned this week. And I hope that you guys had some time to meditate on the words to live by for last week, which were show them your value by knowing it first. So we need to take ourselves off of the clearance rack. Hardly will you find people who will treat you at a higher level or yes, at a higher level than you expect from them because realistically most of us are lazy and we just want to do the work that is required to move on some of us barely even want to do that so if you know you need to be treated at a 95 but you're holding yourself to a five people are most likely not going to fill that space so it's up to us to know our value so that anything that doesn't look like it can easily be separated and we can know that This is what we want and understand everything that doesn't look like that. So this week, I'm going to be talking about perfection. And in my opinion, 
perfection is an idealistic construct that doesn't actually exist. And the reason why I say it doesn't exist is because it moves around way too much. (laughs) Something can seem perfect and without flaw, but with the addition of knowledge, with the addition of resources, with the addition of time, that thing that seemed perfect can now become subpar. So to strive for perfection, I think is a very slippery slope that many of us get on. And an example of perfection would be, I'm sure the first cell phone that was ever created or the first iPhone and how they were so excited about it. This is the newest technology. If you still had that first iPhone now, would you feel the same way you did when you stood in line that first day it came out and got it? Absolutely not. But in that moment, was it perfect? Yes, I guess. (laughs) But now with everything we know and what we've been privy to, it no longer satisfies any of our daily needs that can be satisfied through a phone. And what I find is that the concept of perfection is often used as a cover-up or an alibi for other emotions that we have but those emotions are often perceived as negative. And the top two emotions that I'd say are usually covered up by the concept of perfection are fear and procrastination. So for fear to start off, perfection as fear looks like delaying something that you can action now. So you have a situation you're in and you want you you know what you need to do, but you're scared. And you have all the tools and the ability to action it at this moment. And because of that fear and maybe the inability to admit the fact that you're scared, you might say, oh, it's not perfect yet. I have a few more tweaks to do. And yeah, it's not perfect yet because nothing's perfect, as I said. But the real reason why you're delaying is because you're scared that, let's say, I'd say maybe my book is one of them. Um, When I was finishing my book and editing it, when I had to click um, go live on Amazon for it to be sold, it was absolutely terrifying. And part of me wanted to, to delay that and be like, oh, maybe I need to go and edit it one more time after I had edited it a million times and had people look over it for me as well. So perfectionist fear is often delaying something that you can action at this moment, but it sounds nicer and more socially acceptable when you say, I need to look over it one, a few more times before I do it. Then for you to say, I'm scared to do something so finite because doing that will, um, <laughs> doing that and maybe not having things go the way I want is terrifying to me. That is a lot more vulnerable than saying, I just want it to be perfect and I think it's not perfect yet. Another way that that you can see perfection hiding fear is through making up a bunch of last minute issues. <laughs> and this also goes back to the whole execution situation where it's time for you to go, but now that it's time for you to go, you now see a flaw or you see something that you never saw before. And this is for our work, but it's also for relationships. It's also for business. I think it's every single part of our lives that we can find ourselves using perfection as a buffer for fear. In a relationship, you might be it might be time for you to propose or get married and you start to get scared. 
And because of that fear, you start to look at the little things that person has always done that you've been able to manage that are not earth, earth bending, but now you pull up those things and consider them issues that if they're not solved, we can't go to the next level instead of simply saying this next step is absolutely terrifying and I'm still battling within myself if I'm ready. Instead, you say, I want everything to be perfect before we move on. And that goes into the third way that it shows, which is over scrutinizing because the next step is scary. It's, it's one of those things where we just try to make things perfect. Look for the tiniest thing to nitpick just because we don't, we aren't ready for that next step. But when you look at all of this and someone who would, consider themselves a perfectionist or someone who would use perfection as an alibi when we take away that whole concept of perfection it's really just fear and perfection as procrastination kind of looks similar to perfection as fear but it kind of operates in some different ways the first one is giving things more time than they need for the sake of perfection so I'll just go back to my book example I knew that I could have my book done by, I'd say August. (laughs) My book was released in October, so that lets you know what happened with all of that. But I knew that I could have had it done in August because I was working on it from March. And I had most of the poems ready and everything was ready to go. But I was getting lazy. I was uninspired. Yes, I, I couldn't wait to have a book and to be able to sell it and make impact and make money and all that cute stuff. But the middle part between execution and the results that you want, that's where <laughs> that's where the laziness happens. That's where the real push is required, right? So to because of my laziness or lack of inspiration to push through, I... I personally can attest to the fact that I was delaying things. Oh, it needs to be perfect. I, um, it needs to be edited one more time or, and when we look at the time I actually spent working on it compared to when it was released, if we're to take that time and condense it, I could have had the book done most likely in July, (laughs) not even before my April deadline and way before October when it was actually released. So that is procrastination. Let's call it what it is. It's not fear. It's not because you're scared of the next result. It's just that you don't want to put in the work required at the rate that it's required. So you convince yourself that you're trying to find the perfect moment, the perfect time, whatever it is to do what you should be able to force yourself to do. But your lack of discipline has you using perfection as an alibi. The second way is knowing you're done, but not wanting to admit it. And this kind of wraps into the first one as well, where you know that whatever the step you're on is finished and it's time to move to the next step. But because of the fact that that next step requires more work out of you, <laughs> you just kind of sit at the first step, you know, and yes, you could move on to the next step, which you eventually know you have to, but you just kind of dance around this current step, try to make things perfect when you know that it's time for you to move on to the next one. But because of that aversion to the work that's going to be required at the next step, whatever that work is, you now sit and blame perfection 
for your lack of discipline and your lack of wanting to put in the work. And that's just what procrastination is, our lack of discipline to want to do what we need to do. So we find a way to just push it to the side, push it to the side until we can no longer push it to the side, which I'm sure many of you have experienced cramming for exams, pulling all-nighters for essays and all manners of stuff. And with procrastination back to the wedding or relationship situation, when you're, let's say, in the talking phase of a relationship and you've talked and talked and talked and you know each other well enough and the next thing to do is to move to the next stage, you might find reasons why you can justify that that's not the right step to take because moving to the next stage, be it marriage or be it commitment, can be very daunting and difficult because once you enter those stages, it's much more solid and the requirements of you change. Whereas if you're just getting to know someone, you may not pick up the call if you, they don't hear from you from for three days, whatever. I hope you guys don't do that, but <laughs> it is what it is. But if you're married to someone, you can't go missing. You shouldn't go missing for three days. And having to connect your life with someone and have those type of responsibilities can often be daunting. And because of your aversion to the work required, you'll just kind of stay at a level that you know you're beyond, that there's no requirement for you to be at any longer just because and procrastinate and say you just want things to be perfect before we get to the next stage. But that doesn't exist, as I've said, and you're just procrastinating because you don't want to put in the work on the other side. Um, The third and final way that procrastination and perfection are used to hide one another is making excuses for why you can't start because of timing. And I'm sure this is the one that we all know. The timing's not perfect. I I need a few more things. I can't do this if I'm not inspired. Perfect timing doesn't exist. The perfect time is now, friends. This is the time that you need to do whatever it is you need to do. Waiting around for the most ideal and opportune moment is just going to waste a lot of time that you don't need to waste. And in wasting that time, because you're not pushing yourself, you're probably going to have to rush whatever it is you're doing, or it's not even going to be to the highest level. Because of course, I'm not going to sit here and say creative genius doesn't sometimes pull up on us unexpectedly. I always say a creativity comes in whispers, but there is absolutely something to be said for sitting down and creating genius. If everybody just waited for creativity to slap them over the head, (laughs) there wouldn't be a lot of things. A lot of the things we enjoy, this is music, movies, art, clothing, food ideas, all, all of that good stuff. There wouldn't be a lot of it because people would be waiting. There is something to be said for the time that is now and acknowledging that this time right now is the most perfect time. But when people are not ready to put in that work, as I said, and they want to procrastinate, they'll say, no, it's not that I don't want to write that book. It's not that I don't want to do that thing. I just don't think it's the perfect time, but that doesn't exist. So with that being said, I just wanted to offer you guys a few tips on dealing with perfection and understanding why it's not as lovely as people try to make it seem and why it doesn't even exist. 
the first one being wanting perfection can cripple creativity and destroy opportunities. As I just said with um, perfection as procrastination, when we do not discipline ourselves to be able to work in unideal or unperfect situations, what we're doing is being at the mercy of our devices. So our mental, what, like, how do I put this? So if the only time you can create pretty much is when something creative comes to you, you're not in control of your art. Your art is in control of you. And at the end of the day, we need to be in control of whatever we're doing or it's going to cripple us. And this also will destroy opportunities because opportunities to work with people, to collaborate, to meet someone, to, to take the next step with people doesn't just happen at the perfect time. Some, what happens if an opportunity falls on your lap and you're a slave to your creativity and your art instead of your art working for you? What happens is that you're going to miss out on so many opportunities because unless they come at a moment where you, your art says it's ready, you're not going to be able to do what it takes to get that done. And this even goes back to relationships as well. Waiting for the perfect time for certain things doesn't necessarily mean that whoever's on the receiving end of that is willing to have that patience with you, especially when that patience is not necessarily justified in their eyes or it can't be quantified by something solid. Right. So it can be extremely crippling. As I said, the second point is patience is a sliding scale with room to, um, with room for adjustment as you go. As I said, um, the first iPhone compared to the iPhone 11 now, right? If Apple had decided, I want this phone to be perfect before I put it out we would have never gotten a phone. And the reason why we would have never gotten a phone is because the day before they launched, someone would go online and check the new technology available. And that new technology that's available would now change what perfection represented. So instead of putting out the phone they already had, they would go back to the drawing board and implement that new thing. And in the process of testing and implementing that new thing, another new thing would happen, so on and so forth, all the way until they would never have something to show. But what they do now is every single year, they give you a phone with knowledge, I'm assuming, up until a cutoff point, right? Understanding that perfection is a sliding scale because what was perfect to us in 2001 is not necessarily what is perfect to us in 2020 and getting stuck on being perfect will literally have you stuck without producing anything. And there is always room for adjustment as you go. I know I've shared this sentiment before that some issues you won't even know about until you've implemented, right? And just to stick with the Apple, um, the Apple theme, they create new iOSs. And when those iOSs are available to us, we download them and then there's a bunch of bugs on them. And then what do they do? They change it and it goes from like Catalina 10 to like Catalina 10.2. And we, we download the new one that has those bugs fixed. Some people would say, why would they even put something out that may potentially have bugs? But maybe you wouldn't even know there were bugs until you put it out. And now that you've put that thing out, you have the opportunity to fix those mistakes because lots of those mistakes couldn't be seen in the planning phase. They're seen in implementation. But when you're committed to what you're doing, you're able to 
go back and correct those things because you're not striving for perfect. You're just doing whatever needs to be done and adjusting accordingly as you go. The third point is no matter how much you prep, new issues can and will arise later. This just goes back to what I was saying because perfection doesn't exist. And even if you prepare mentally and you brainstorm with 10,000 people, every single scenario that could possibly go wrong, there is always room for something that you didn't even see coming. And knowing this and being calm and okay in this and which means you're not striving for um, perfection will make it a lot easier for you to deal with these things as they come. My book, for example, since that's another, um, that's one of the examples I've been using this whole time. I edited it over and over and over again. I tried to read it backwards, tried to read it in different orders because at a point I was reading it so much that I wasn't even reading. I had the poems memorized, so I was technically skimming and I had people edit it for me. And even with that being said, with all the editing and work that was done, maybe two months after I was reading the book to make an ebook and I discovered two spelling errors and (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it was just all right. I just edited and updated it in the system. Yes, that's what I did, but I was irate because to me, it should have been perfect. But that's what happens. And they were simple errors that I'm sure when people were even reading it because no one brought it to my attention, they were words that your mind would overlook because we have a way of assuming and not reading every single word, right? But when I had to go and edit for my ebook, I had to go through and actually scrutinize again. And maybe also because I had stepped away from editing and looking through the book over and over for so long, I could bring fresh eyes to see that mistake. But that's what happens. And if I had waited three more weeks to and edited the book again, I highly doubt that I would have seen those errors still. I, I am almost 100% certain. But when they did arise, I was upset as I should have been. <laughs> but what did I do? I adjusted them and moved on. And that's the thing. Issues are always going to arise. There's nothing that's perfect. Even things that are perfect, quote unquote, there is still always a risk for issues. There are people who have practiced the same thing over and over again. We've seen Olympians who, if you're at an Olympic level in track or any sport, you're the top in the world. And you'll see Olympians who are Olympic hurdle hurdlers and they will trip over the first hurdle. And it's like they've been practicing this their whole life. They've been practicing at least for the past year, even if it's not their whole life. But how do you now trip over the thing that you were, you've been training to conquer? And it's just because nothing is perfect, right? So issues will arise and we, and getting out of the perfection mind state allows us to give ourselves the grace to adjust and not beat ourselves up over the issues that can and will arise. The fourth tip is that wanting or expecting perfection is an incredible burden that often breeds shame. And I'm sure for any of you guys who know perfectionists or who have been perfectionists or who went to school with those people who after you get a test, maybe you got a C and you're just happy it's not a D and there's this person wallowing in the corner. And you're like, what did you get? And they're like, I got a 96. 
I should have got a 98 and part of you wants to like hit them upside the head, but you can't. That is what perfection does to us. Wanting to be perfect, to be perfect, especially when we've discussed the fact that perfection doesn't even exist. Wanting to aim for the impossible constantly is ridiculous, ridiculous, and a tremendous amount of stress on our bodies, on our mental health, on everything we do. And it's one thing to have standards. Like I'm not sitting here and saying, don't try your best. Don't strive because you guys should know me well enough to know that that's not what I'm saying, but it's the concept of perfection. Perfection is I want to do it right only once and never have to do it again. So whatever I need to do to make sure that it is perfect, I'll do that. And if that's going to take me forever, I'll do that. And anything less than that is embarrassing or below me or something that should cause shame. And the concept of wanting to be perfect and the pain and the pressure that it puts on people is usually a silent one. Because if you're somebody who wants something in your life to be perfect, you usually put on a facade to make it appear that it is. And if you are basking in the joys of that facade and trying to actually work to achieve it, when issues do arise, that would be completely against the picture that you've wanted to paint for everybody to see. It can be extremely difficult for you to even admit that you need help because to admit that you need help is to admit that you're not perfect. And to admit that you're not perfect is to feel like a failure to yourself. And that is not a place we want to be. And trust me, I've been there. I'm speaking from experience and I'm also speaking from seeing people around me. I had a cousin who did ridiculously well in school all through her um, secondary school. And she was going to university, straight A student. And I literally sat there and I said, if you get, there is a high chance that you may fail something. And if that happens, it's absolutely okay because she is just ridiculously smart and doesn't struggle with much. She never, it's not like she even had to try very hard. She was just gifted and able to make it through. But somebody like that who's never experienced failure before can have a hard time picking themselves up should failure occur. And me seeing that in her, I took it upon myself to let her know. I'm like, I'm not wishing you bad, girl. (laughs) I promise that's not it. But I'm letting you know that this could be a very realistic scenario that you find yourself in. And should you find yourself in it, do not beat yourself up over this because it's not worth it. If there's one test that you fail, I can't even think of how many tests I just prayed for an A in. I mean, sorry, I prayed for a D in just enough to push me through. There were courses that I prayed for a D and my transcript is not very cute, but looking back, I, those things didn't destroy me because I wasn't striving for perfect. I was just trying to do my best. And sometimes my best was a D in calculus so I could get my second degree and move on with my life. The final point is that perfection is the enemy of risk and risk is the best friend of excellence. I'm going to repeat that one more time. Perfection is the enemy of risk and risk is the best friend of excellence. As I previously stated, when we are striving for perfection, we want to do it once. We want to do that test and get an A. We want to put out the most amazing work we can. We want to kill it on its first go. And the thing about striving for perfection, 
um, perfection is that it makes you averse to certain types of risk. And realistically, what we should be striving for is excellence because when we're excellent, what we're, well, the type of excellence that I'm talking about for the purpose of this, because this is personal perfection. So I'm also talking about personal excellence. It's the type of excellence where you have done everything in your power and in your ability. And that's enough for this moment. So it's time to move on to the next thing. And maybe tomorrow, what was excellent for you today may not be excellent, but that's where you adjust and you adapt. But when you're trying to be perfect, you're going to paralyze yourself because you're going to want so badly for it to go without a hitch that you will continue to tweak and tweak and tweak and tweak, not executing, not figuring out the things that will happen once you execute and just become stuck because the risk of not being perfect is enough to keep you at whatever level you're at trying to fix things to make sure that they are perfect. Whereas with excellence, you are doing whatever's in your ability at the moment to the highest level of your ability. You're putting it out there. As I said, you're getting your feedback. You're trying again and you're trying again and you're trying again and you're tweaking as you go. And it's interesting because people would assume perfection is excellence, but I don't think that to be the case. There are some days where I am mentally, physically, emotionally drained and excellence for that day is to get out of bed, do a f- do three things, get back in bed and watch Netflix all day because I mentally do not have the bandwidth to do anything else. Whereas another day, excellence for me is to wake up on the dot, tackle everything on my to-do list and then some and still have time to catch my favorite show for an hour and a half. So it it moves, right? And with that in mind, that is more realistic because as human beings, we're not robots. Perfection is robotic. Perfection is angelic. It's, it's godly and we're here on earth. <laughs> so we need to not put that type of pressure on ourselves. So just a recap of the five tips. The first one is wanting perfection can cripple creativity and destroy opportunities. The second is perfection is a sliding scale with room for adjustment as you go. The third is no matter how you prep, new issues can and will arise later. The fourth is wanting or expecting perfection is an incredible burden that breeds shame. And the fifth and final point is that perfection is the enemy of risk and risk is the best friend of excellence. So I'll get right back into my words to live by for this week, which are the perfect time is now. That's it. (laughs) We're not waiting for an opportunity. We're not waiting for the sun to shine at a certain angle that makes you feel wonderful. We're not waiting for that last little thing you need. Start janky, start broken, start low budget, but start because if you don't start, You're not even going to know what other janky low budget things are in the pipeline that you'll need. And you'll be surprised at how adaptable you'll become and you'll be surprised at what you learn and how you grow. When I first started this podcast, it was so awkward. Now I can just speak to you guys and I'm not scared and all of that. But if I was waiting to be perfect, to have the perfect lighting, the perfect microphone, the perfect um, equipment the perfect topic and all the perfect 
templates of how I should speak, I still wouldn't have done the podcast till now. And there are so many things that in these 60 plus episodes, I learn each and every single week that I tweak as I go. That's going to make it so much better than if I had sat at that episode zero, trying to perfect everything before I went. So for this week, what I want you guys to do is think about something you've been procrastinating on. Think about something that's been scaring you or making you uncomfortable, something that you're trying to get perfect. And instead of being perfect, be excellent. So if I wanted to start a podcast and all I had was a cheap microphone and free software, at this point, that's all I have. So this is excellent at this moment. A few months down the road, I might be able to get a better microphone and pay for some software. But right now, as I stand, this is perfect. And this time is when I need to get it done. So you do with what you have. Make do. Because you'll see people who are doing so many amazing things. And now that they're flourishing and enjoying the fruits of their labor, we look at them and we're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could be them. But you don't know their janky beginnings. And trust me, everybody had janky beginnings. And all they had to do was get out of their way and start. So that's what I really want you guys to do this week. And I hope that you find the peace and the calm and the grace for yourself to be able to do things in a way that's not necessarily the ideal that you have, but is at least on the path to excellence. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you love what I'm doing, I'd love it if you guys would please rate, share, and subscribe. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.